Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, and she is Tam. How you doing, Tam? What it do, Renee? Yeah, I got back to the old introduction, so I wouldn't confuse you. I know, I felt good about it. I felt like this is going to be a most excellent <laughs> episode. We got our boy Kenny on the ones and twos. Like, really, Kenny, he's Kenny. DJing, but no, we got Kenny Yo, on the mic. What's happening? <laughs> What is going on, Tam Renee? How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. We are brother. doing great. We're just going to jump right into it because we are fresh off of some NASCAR talk on the Twitter. We did our Twitter chat on Monday from, well, I can't really give a time because we've been experimenting with the time, but this past Monday, we did the Twitter chat at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Lots of new people joined in. I was very happy to see. Maybe we just asked the right questions this time. Thanks, Kenny, for helping with the questions. And thanks to a few of our diehard friends of the show who also chimed in. NASCAR underscore opinion on Twitter. He threw a question out there as well as Bill Stein, who always seems to participate in the Twitter chat. So thank you. On that note, before we jump into Martinsville, NASCAR and this pending schedule for 2020, fan comments and all that good stuff, I want to talk to Renee because Renee went home. He was in Houston, the good old big old state of Texas. He got an opportunity to grace the stage as well as talk to and see and hug his mommy. So tell us all about your weekend, Renee. <laughs> well, it was uh, quite exciting, and um, it was just just amazing all the way around. Number one, to uh, see my my family and and all my friends and all my loved ones that I've known for so many years. I, I can't begin to tell you what the feeling of of going on stage and having people like just really show you love like that. And I know, and I know it's a little different when. You go home as opposed to like going somewhere where you're, you're not from, but you have fans that love your work just as passionate as if they've known you all your life. But it certainly is amazing when you go on stage and you get that kind of reaction. And, uh, it, it was very moving and, uh, it was just awesome to, to perform back in my hometown in front of my, my family and my friends. And, uh, it was exciting. And, uh, we had a good weekend and I stayed a, an extra day to hang out with my mom and just staying with my mom for one day. I could tell you right now, it would be my mother that would be the cause of me to move back to Texas because I, she is, she just she just did everything for me. She was asking me, she goes, do you, do you want me to cook something? And she goes, are you hungry, Mijo? I, I you want me to cl clean? You, you need any clothes that need to be cleaned? I'm like, oh my god, stop! <laughs> so Renee, oh, you god. would give up your LA life to go back to Texas? No, no, not quite. But I'm just saying, it, 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 my mother would be this close to, to, to for me to do that. But uh, no, I, I, I could never do that. This is my home now. Southern California is where I'm at. And uh, I can't imagine living anywhere else but Southern California. And Tab, you know this. It's just, uh, you just can't get better than this. Well, the weather's actually pretty awesome in Texas. It's hotter sometimes in Texas than it is in California. 
Oh, yeah, especially in the summertime. Here's the deal breaker. Let's just be honest, Renee. You can't get to Vegas that often if you're in Texas. So that's why you want to stay here, right? <laughs> that's right. You know what? That's a very that, that's a very good point right there. One thing, I listen to you talk about your mom and your family and friends and everybody coming to show you love, but I didn't hear one name. Uh-oh. You know where I'm going with go. this? No, maybe my son. <laughs> no, I know your son was there, but I'm talking about oh, okay. Ursula. Oh, that's right. You know what? I did see my ex-wife. I de- Ursula is my ex-wife for those of y'all who may not know. Ursula, that is my ex-wife's name. I, I'm not making that up as a joke. And I know it's an evil sounding name because of, you know, the Little Mermaid. But uh, she, <laughs> uh, <I> did... <laughs> uh, there was a red flag there and, uh, and I didn't even pick it up. But uh, she was there with uh, her, her new husband. It was his birthday. And I took my son there to go see to see him so he could say happy birthday. And I went in with my son and I've met her husband uh, several times before. He's a wonderful guy. He loves my son. He loves Ursula very much. And um, we we had a nice little chat, but it was it was a fantastic moment. And uh, I was glad I got to see her and we hugged and said hello. And then uh, and then I promptly left. After. OK, I saw her on a photo. And if you guys have not followed Renee yet on Instagram, you are missing out because this guy lives a wonderful life. If I may say that, Renee, if that's OK. Thank you. That's fact. That, that's fine. That's totally fine because I agree with you. His Instagram is at it's Renee Garcia. His Insta stories, they're like real stories. I mean, it's a soap opera because Renee lives that kind of life. Now, if you follow me at I am sincerely Tam, all you're going to get is a motivational quote. Sorry, I don't really live that of. Well, I do have a lot coming up the next couple of weekends, so maybe my life will get exciting. I will be at Texas Motor Speedway this weekend for the NASCAR race. While I'm in All Texas, right. I have a few things planned. So if you guys follow me on Insta Stories, you'll get a chance to see what I'm doing out in the great state of Texas. Following weekend is actually the Santa Anita Derby. We've talked about it a little bit in the past, but you know, your girl, I love the ponies. I love betting on the races. So I will be at the track and typically whoever wins the Santa Anita Derby here in California is guaranteed a seat for the Kentucky Derby. So that's pretty exciting. In fact, I actually had an opportunity last year to see Justify win the Santa Anita Derby before he went on to win the Triple Crown. That gives you an idea, not that you guys care. So this is hashtags Tam Rent, but it gives you an idea of what goes on in Santa Anita. And then the week after that is actually the Long, Bre- the Long Beach Grand Prix here in Southern California. So it's not the Toyota Grand Prix anymore because Toyota is no longer the sponsor of the IndyCar race here in California. But actually, I think it's called the Acura Grand Prix now, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. I just know I'll be at the IndyCar race. So those are my next three weekends. Kenny, what do you have going on in Charlotte? Are you getting to any NASCAR races anytime soon? Not anytime soon. The next race I should be, I will, well, not even should be, I will be yet, will be um, the all-star, during all-star weekend. So I'll be down here this entire, that entire weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway. So that'll be a pretty crazy 10 days. The 10 days of thunder is uh, pretty wild. You've got an all-star race. 
truck race, Xfinity, and of course the biggest one on Memorial Day weekend is the Coke 600. So that'll probably be my next race. But other than that, my um, past weekend, I actually had a Friday off for a change. So I decided to go go karting. And then following that, I went out to a restaurant, had a couple drinks, had a great time watching college basketball with North Carolina and Duke fans. So that was pretty fun. I was neutral, so I was having a good time. <laughs> right on. Speaking of college basketball, I want to give a shout out to Buffalo Wild Wings. This is just really random, but they invited me down to one of the local Buffalo Wild Wings here in Los Angeles. They actually have these chairs that are called the jewel stools, and they are strategically placed in very well, they're actually. Two, one here in Los Angeles and one in New York. And these stools, okay, so imagine a bar stool. So they are stools, but they have these little boxes right in the middle. They're for men. And follow me because this is going to be a quick story, but hopefully you guys will get a good chuckle out of it and understand what I'm talking about. But they're bar stools and they're specifically for men. And the way they're constructed is in the seat, there's actually this little box, if I can say for lack of a better word, but it's a metal box. So imagine, for the fellas that are listening, imagine sitting in a bar stool with a metal box in between your legs. Now, you hit this switch and this metal box actually gets cold. It gets super cold. When I say super cold, I mean like icy cold. And I don't want to use icy and balls in the same sentence, but hopefully you guys understand where I'm going with this. This stool was... I think I do. Okay, this stool was created because... Apparently, they did some research, and this is a fact, but vasectomies go up during March Madness. Didn't expect for me to say that, right? I know, and you're like, okay, this is clearly a hashtag Tim (laughs) Drant, but follow me. (laughs) To help guys who still want to get out to the bar and watch March Madness and catch up on all the college football games, they created this chair. So if you had a vasectomy, all you do is come to Buffalo Wild Wings. Sit in this chair, push a button, and it gets cold. And that's all I'm going to say because it's getting a little like, what the hell is she talking about? But (laughs) in addition to the jewel stool. Well, that's different. Or on the jewel stool, there's also a button to hit if you want to order a beer. Wow. Maybe that's what the real button is for, just to order a beer. (laughs) So you can order a beer and freeze your balls off at the same time. Go uh, figure. Wow. So. All wow, at I did the comforts. not expect that to come out of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, I have to see you guys a video. I mean, I I've had a vasectomy, and I was trying to follow it. And I'm like, <laughs> for, for a guy who's had a vasectomy, I'm trying to follow it. Okay, like, so what? basically, when you have a vasectomy, I guess you put ice on your balls. I don't know. I'm a woman. I shouldn't even be telling this story. <laughs> that is correct, actually. <laughs> that, that Actually, that is correct. <laughs> I specifically used uh, frozen vegetables, but ice is ice is good too. Okay, Kenny is young. He's oh, like, man. "What the hell's going on?" And I don't even know because I talked about that. Should we make this episode rated R? I think this is not really rated R because it's in the bar. I don't know. Okay, so now it's, you understand, Renee. Talk. So you sit in this chair <laughs> and you hit the button, and then it freezes, and then you're yeah. comfortable, and then you drink a beer and watch the game. Yeah, you- and have fun. There you go. I can, I can understand that. So I took it all the way to the left. I done talked about horse racing, cold balls, <laughs> beers, March Madness, <laughs> and everything in between. 
Now we're going to bring it back to the right, as in right turns, NASCAR. Got it? There you do it. Okay, cool. Okay, let's talk about some Martinsville. Before we jump into our thoughts on Martinsville, let me give you guys the top 10. As a reminder, Brad Kozlowski won that race. Chase Elliott came in second. Didn't really have a chance, but a great race for the young guy. Brad Keselowski dominated, if I'm not mistaken. He won stage one and two and won the race. So wasn't much anybody can do when I you have a guy dominating like that. Kyle Busch came in third. Ryan Blaney came in fourth. Great race for the young guy. I mean, I don't want to use the word unfortunately, but shoot, he's the only one of the three Penske drivers that have not won a race. So for him to come in top five, that's not bad. At least he's kind of showing up. He just needs to show out and win. Denny Hamlin, my guy, my pick to win. Well, let me retract that. Denny Hamlin is not my guy. He's just my pick to win the 2019 championship. Kevin Harvick came in sixth. Clint Boyer, my guy, Clint Boyer, came in seventh. Martin Truex Jr. came in eighth. Eric Amarola came in ninth. Daniel Suarez came in 10th. And if you guys didn't pay attention, let me give you the rundown on that top 10. Four Stuart Haas drivers came in the top 10. So pretty much everybody, well, not pretty much because there's only four drivers on the team. All four of the Stuart Haas drivers came in top 10. So that's pretty impressive. Wait, I did say Daniel Suarez in 10th, right? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You know what? I feel like I skipped some. I don't. Okay, did I say Martin Truex came in eighth? You got him. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. Okay. I, you know what? I look back at my notes and I'm like, did I skip over something? Well, <laughs> that's your top 10. Who should I talk about notably? Well, Joey Logano came in 19th. I, I thought Eric Amarola had a pretty decent day there. I mean, and he finished in the top 10, I believe so. Yeah, too. I just and, said he came um, in 10th, Renee. <laughs> Eric is racing really well at the early of this season. I would be surprised if he doesn't want to race in the next five races. He's racing really, really well. And uh I, I don't know. He's just missing something or they're just, I don't know, just something he's just not doing right or what it is. I don't, I don't know what it is. But uh I could totally see Eric, you know, winning a race in, in the next five races. Uh, and if he doesn't win a race after that, maybe he'll get in the playoff, maybe based on points. Well, he won late last season, correct, Kenny? Our statistician. <laughs> You're right. I think he did. <laughs> Yeah, he got that crazy win at Talladega, which was ah, pretty it. shocking. Yeah, it was the second yeah, race at Talladega, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And speaking of Eric, I want to hop on another Eric. Oh, wait, that didn't sound right. I want to hop to the topic of another Eric. <laughs> Eric Jones. Eric Jones oh, came boy, in 30th. Not looking good for the young guy. You would think at this point he would be trending up. He's down there. I don't want to say in the bottom with the stragglers, but it was only 36 drivers in the race and he came in 30th. And another person that was at the bottom noticeably, well, two people, Jimmy Johnson came in 24th and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. came in 25th. They're actually trending in the wrong direction. Yeah, it was a tough day for Eric Jones, though. I gotta give him, I gotta say that real quick. It was tough for him. He cut down that tire. Excuses, excuses. Figure it out. <laughs> he can't do anything. He can't do anything about that now. That's out of his control. Can't do nothing. Well, about that. here's the thing. Keselowski won the race. 
He figured he it out. His team figured it out. At some point, you're a team. At the end of the day, this is very much a team sport. Technically, you have one man, one driver behind the wheel, but it takes a team to make this whole thing go around. As That's a team, fair. Eric Jones, they need to figure it out. There's no excuses. Like, dude, you came in 30th. You won a race last year. Now you backtrack and coming in 30th. And actually, should we even... It's tough. It's early, too, as well, you know? Like, it's pretty early in the season. Still got a long way to go. Well, here's what we know about the NASCAR season. It's long as hell. (laughs) And then it's always early in the season until it's not. The next thing you know, we're already getting ready for the playoffs. Or we're in the playoffs. So that's the flip side. It's like you got to win early. You do, you know, especially with this playoff environment. I mean, once you think about it, you look at the schedule now. There's 20 races left until the playoffs. That sounds like a long way to go. But once we get through the summer, everything's just going to click off. And next thing you know, we are at Indy and it is going to be time to make make or break the playoffs. It's crazy how that works. Even though we have a 36 week long season, it can be gone just like that. And to what you just said, Tam, credit to that. You do have to be on point. You want to be on point early as you can be. Like a Denny Hamlin, who has got a win already, is in the driver's seat practically. Good point. You're just going to figure everything out as you keep going along. And when you get that win and you secure yourself in the playoffs, makes your life not necessarily easy all the way, but it does help a ton, I'm sure, for these teams. Well, I do want to ask something to the Eric Jones and the season and all that. Larson, Blaney, Jones, Elliott. I feel like. What's going on? And again, I know it's so early to be talking about this, but it's not because Blaney's team is winning. All those guys that I just mentioned, and Larson actually technically, he's not considered a young guy anymore. We established that Larson as well as Austin Dillon are considered veterans now because they've both been racing five years. Yeah. Maybe we should take Larson out and just talk about Blaney Jones and Elliott. Well, I will say one thing quick about Larson. I just think that his head's not completely in the stock cars. I feel like his past on dirt is way more important than his stock car experience. And that's not, that's not a knock on him at all. I just think that's really where his head that his head is at, but I think that's really what he enjoys the most. So I don't know what it is with Larson. I do feel like he can come off and somehow win a race this year. I feel like maybe. Well, it's too early to be talking about Larson riding off in the sunset and joining Tony Stewart on the dirt track. <laughs> well, he still does it. He still does it during the Yeah, I know season. he does it, but at this point, it's like that's not your bread and butter. Your bread and butter is a NASCAR cup driver. So get your head right and get in the game. Mm. Well, I mean, it's just point. as simple as that. You got sponsors. Well, you know, he had Target. They left. Who's his main sponsor this year? Credit One. Yeah. So Credit One, I could be wrong, but it's Credit One on the side of that dirt car he's racing. Nah, I think McDonald's too, which is also one of his sponsors. So, you know, they all kind of they all kind of tie together in well, some McDonald's way. Well, McDonald's was on the one car with Jamie, right? They still got a partnership with... um. With Larson, same thing with Kurt Busch and the one. They okay, still have so now, okay, so they're tied to Kurt Busch and the one now. They still are also tied to the 42 as well. So, okay. They're still around. And they were also part of their sprint car deal when he did the Chili Bowl back in January. So, he's got that in order. Yeah. Well, the Chili Bowl, though, is a big race. But all these little it weekly, is. 
you got to do what you love. That's And I think that's the thing, though. That's where he came from. And I think that's just something he's really always loved and will continue. I mean, we, we've seen what happened last time he had talked about the Chili Bowl being bigger than the Daytona 500 to him, which is fine. That's just his world. And that's just what he really enjoys. There's nothing wrong with that at all. There's races that even some others might think are bigger than the Daytona 500. Someone might think Le Mans is bigger than the Daytona 500 or the 24 hours of Daytona for some people. It just depends on what your, what your niche is. And it seems like dirt is truly his niche. That's where he's built from. And that's just kind of who he is, really. I will say this, you know, Larson is just definitely not where he, uh, maybe not where we usually see him, uh, especially uh, after the season he had last year. And uh, I mean, we're used to seeing him win a few races. We're used to seeing him in the top 10. We're used to seeing him in the top five. And I, and Tam, you pointed this out uh, uh, last week, uh, but we haven't really talked about the 42 and I don't know for God knows how long. And that's just, and just like what we were talking about with Jimmy Johnson in the 48. I mean, these are guys that we normally talk about and we haven't talked about these guys in forever. I don't even want to talk about Jimmy. I mentioned Jimmy's name, but I made a conscious effort <laughs> that I did not want to talk about Jimmy because Jimmy, Jimmy's storyline is dead to me at this point. I don't want to talk about Jimmy. I don't want yeah, to talk about the on. package. I don't want to talk about anything because guess what? We have a new storyline. We have the schedule changes for 2020. And that was uh-huh. a hot topic during our Twitter chat. We'll jump into that. And well, actually, do you guys want to talk about that now since I brought it up? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Oh, you know, okay. Before we jump into that, because I feel like that's going to be a forever topic Bush versus <laughs> Kazowski. Kenny, did you see that article? On NASCAR.com, it wasn't an article per se. It was just a video where they were like, Bush versus Kiz, who's better at this point? I'm going to have to go with Kyle Bush. You guys know I'm a fan of Kyle Bush. I'm, it's not that I'm not a fan of Brad Kozlowski, but I'm rolling with Bush until the wheels fall off because he <laughs> has the attitude. It's not even the fact that he has the wins. The 200 wins, or is it the 201 wins that we have talked about for weeks? I don't want to talk about that either. It's just that <laughs> he's he's that dude. Yeah, I saw the video with Brad, the comparison about Brad Keselowski and Kyle Busch. And when you look at, actually, when you go back to the numbers, they're basically almost the same at this point. So this is just going to be based on this season alone as it is. They both have two wins. Brad Keselowski has four top fives, four top tens. His average finish is 6.3. Kyle Busch also has those two wins, five top fives and six top tens and a two, an average finish of 2.7. So virtually every single race he's been in this season, he's been in the top five. So he's had a fantastic season. Don't get me wrong. Brad Keselowski too, as well has had a great season. I think right now, if you want to talk about who are the two best right now in the season, they're probably it. I think they're the two best. And to really get between who's better right now, who's good, I mean, who is um going to be the end-all, be-all champion at the end of the season, I think that's, again, super early. But if we're talking after the first few weeks of this season, I think I'll go with Kyle Busch. I feel like he's going to continue to push that momentum that he already has, given he's already got two wins this season. And I do think he can actually pick up another win coming up very soon, as a matter of fact. I don't know. What do you think about that? 
I'm just gonna say two words, Kyle Bush. That's it. That's that's what I'm gonna say that's about it. that. That's who <laughs> I'm rolling with. I don't none of it matters. I don't want to hear the comparison. That's just like if somebody said, Would you take Jimmy Johnson over Bubba Wallace? I'm gonna take Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson is proven. And I said I wasn't gonna talk about Jimmy, but I just threw that comparison out. And again, don't get me wrong, like I like Brad Kozowski and I think the guy can drive. Now I'm, yeah. Because we said we were going to be unfiltered this season. I'm going to keep it 100. I think he got a little soft when he got married and had the daughter, but he's a driver. So he's no longer <laughs> bad Brad, but he's a driver. And can't anyone deny that him and Joy Logano, for that matter, that they can drive. But you're asking me Bush versus Kez? It's going to be Bush. I would take Kurt Bush over Brad Kozlowski just because. Right now? Uh, oh man I okay don't, well I don't know. In this, so I don't now know. right now like in this like in the now in the now we talk like we talking in the now overall i could see why you could say that okay so overall, let me clarify that why, comment well, in the now. i'll take kurt bush over brad kozlowski if i could put kurt bush back on stuart haas racing uh better okay, equipment see, see that's what that see that's why i had that's why i had to say in the now because i'm like man not not to discredit him right now. He's doing well. Nah. He's doing fantastic. He, uh, here's I, I the thing. He, do, he would be doing, doing better if he was back at <laughs> over with. Perhaps. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe so. We don't. <laughs> we have no idea. He could, he could be doing worse for all we know. Never know. Just don't know how a season may go. You can have great equipment and season can go terrible. It's very possible. Seeing it with some of the best of the best. You know what? This is just a random thought, but not that it's a question nobody would ever ask, but I wonder how (laughs) he really feels about his younger brother beating the brakes off of him all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, actually. That's a... That's a very thoughtful thing. Only an only child would think about stuff like that. I don't have any siblings, so I would never... I mean, you know, if you have siblings, it would just never be a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but when you don't have siblings, I know they had beef at one point. A beef? There was a point they had beef. Yeah. I don't think I don't know if you remember, but there was a all-star race a few years ago. This is a a while ago. I think this is when Kyle Bush was like super young. This is when he was still at Hendrick, I think. And in all in the all-star race, they got into it. They wrecked each other out the all-star race. Apparently, from what I've heard, they didn't really speak for a long time. Right after that happened. So that competitive blood, I think, is really in the both of them. So I'm pretty sure stuff like that has happened more more than once. But yeah. Well. It's crazy. I don't know how that would be to have my brother competing with me and on the same on the same level for But is thing, it really competition? At, at because all Kyle does is mm. beat the brakes off of Kurt. <laughs> I don't know. I guess they're like uh they're fair in their own way. In a way, I guess you could say. They both got um they both got a cup title to their name, which is pretty cool. But the only difference between them two is just the two hundred and one wins combined across the NASCAR, which is which is insane. It's an insane amount of wins in a in a racing series, and I highly doubt anyone else will do it. <laughs> well, Kurt did get his championship before younger brother Kyle. Yeah, and his and younger brother Kyle wasn't even in cup at that time. So Yeah. I was gonna ask that question, was Kyle even racing at the time that he got He was racing. But he wasn't in Cup. Right, but he was, wasn't um, in Cup. Oh, yeah, four. Okay. Yeah, that was 2004. That was a year before he went full-time, actually, which is crazy. So, question, wow. Renee. I already answered. 
who you okay. got? Who is uh, well? Should I should we say who's the better driver, or basically just who you got? Who you picking? If you had to pick between Brad Keselowski and Kyle Busch, who's who's joining your team? Oh boy, you know what? Without a doubt, I'm gonna have to say Kyle Busch. Uh, no question there. Uh, I mean, I love Brad. I think he's a great driver too. But Kyle Busch is just, if I had, you know, put money on, on one of them, I, I, I'd definitely go with uh, Rowdy. I mean, I just think Rowdy's just a little bit got more of a mental edge, more of a passionate edge. And Kislowski is just really, uh, I think, kind of one of those guys where he can get the win when he, when he needs to win. But something about Kyle, man, that, like, I mean, he'll just get a win when you, you're not wanting him to win and he'll win it and just, just to be it. Just to be an ass, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Kyle's like one of those drivers, you know what I mean? Like I know you want this guy to win, but watch this. I'm gonna rattle off, you know, another win here in a row. And I mean, that's just the kind of driver Kyle is. This is not a yes or no question, but it's a simple question that involves a number. Before okay. each of them are done racing, how many championships will each get? So how many champ how many more championships will Kyle get and how many more championships will Brad Keselowski get? Ooh, I'm going to say, as far as Kyle, I'll say he can probably, I could see him maybe going for another, ooh boy, I could see him going for another at least eight to eight to 10 wins and Keselowski at least about, I'd say five to eight myself. Five to eight? You think he's going to be, well, see, he's, what is he, 33, Kenny? Um, yes. I oh, you're talking so. about overall in his career? Yeah, because I'm like, you think he's going to be racing another 10 years? Oh, <laughs> well, he's not, you talking about Kyle? Because, I mean, well, I mean, see, realistically, some, who have had some long careers. Most drivers, and he could, he could be one of them, honestly. Yeah. Well, realistically, most drivers start to retire now at that 43 age. Yeah. Well, Jimmy's what, 44? And Jimmy's still racing, but, and then I think Tony was right at 44 when he retired as well. Some, somewhere around there. So realistically. So what's Kyle Bush at? Kyle Bush is how old? He's 33. I mean, there's a lot of guys who push their 40s. So, I mean, we could really, there's a possibility. I'm not saying this is a guarantee. You can see another 10 years, possibly. Yeah. But see, here's the thing about that is they're not Kyle Bush. And you got to take into consideration winning championships. What is there left to prove? He's already broken a couple of records. So it's like, will he be in the mindset to race another 10 years? And according wow. to Renee, he's, he's a super fierce competitor. That's my Yeah, thing. but at, Tony was a fierce competitor. And that's why he's still racing still to some capacity. Uncle Cousin Carl Edwards was a fierce competitor. At some point. You just tap out. And we saw that happen a lot in NASCAR. We went through the Greg Biffles, the Carl Edwards, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Dale Jr. I mean, obviously, Dale Jr.'s situation was a little bit different because of the concussions. But we had a string of drivers all say, I'm done within two-year period. Yeah, most of those guys have been running for a long, long time. And I think I think to think about when people talk about careers, and this is this goes across all sports. It's like you look at someone and they run about 17, 18 seasons, right? You just look at their career at the professional level. You also got an equate how long they've been playing whatever sport or doing whatever sport it is from when they were a kid all the way until they get 
whatever age they are, if they're 35, you got to think about it. You've been doing that sport since you were eight, nine, 10 years old. That's a long time to be competitive. That's a long time yeah, to play a is. sport. And But see, that's just my point. And at some point, you just get tired of it. I'll just speak from conversations that I've had with good, good, close friends of mine that have played in the NBA and retired or that have played in the NFL and retired. And in fact, two of my friends, and I won't say their names, but one, he played in the NFL. He retired, somewhat retired. Then he came back. Then I think he retired again, but then he came back again. And then now he finally called it quits, which is crazy. And then another friend of mine who played in the NBA for 19 years, he's somewhat retired, I think at like year 17 or 18, and then he ended up coming back. And now he's officially retired. Again, you talk about that was 19 years plus the college, you know, and he spent, I believe, four years in college and then the years in high school and then before high school. So that's a lot. And just getting back to Kyle Busch, Kyle Busch has been racing a long time. All NASCAR drivers have been racing a long time with the exception of, <laughs> I think, Alex. Is it Alex Bowman or William Byron? That Shoot, William Byron. He's, he's super young. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but I'm just saying because one of them didn't race as a kid, if I'm not mistaken. They kind of came an alternative route in regards to... Uh, Byron Simulators did a lot of I yeah, that was Byron. Then he yeah. did a lot of I racing stuff. He definitely can whoop your ass in I race, and I will tell you that from experience. Yeah, <laughs> he's fast. That kid is fast. <laughs> okay, so Kenny, Renee. Oh, well, no, Kenny. How many championships do you think Bush has left in him? I think the original think question was Bush and Kaz, Kaz, but. I think Kyle Busch might be able to rattle off another two titles. This is very, I think it's very hard to do so in this format for one. And Brad, I think maybe he can get another one. He's got one already. I think he might be able to add just one more title. I felt like he was getting hot last year towards the end when he won a few yeah. races in a row, when he won Southern 500, won it the Brickyard, then won the opening round of the playoffs and just kind of like fizzled out after that. But. Maybe he'll knock one off, but it's very hard to do so in this format. I will say that you have to really have some great fortune and be on your A game for those enti- for the entire playoffs in order to win. Let's move on to there's been some rumblings and some conversation about the 2020 Cup schedule, NASCAR's 2020 schedule as in next year because it's 2019. If you guys forgot. <laughs> We talked about it on Twitter. We asked a bunch of questions. We asked the fans their thoughts on what should be removed from the schedule, what should be added. Should we add more short tracks? Should Pocono be a double hitter? A double header. I would say double hitter, but technically it's a double header. (laughs) Or should we remove Pocono altogether? Now, this all started, if I'm not mistaken, Adam Stern from Sports Business Journal had posted something and it was kind of in regards to an article by Jenna Fryer and it just kind of took a life of its own. And of course, because we're NASCAR fans, we never, we never let a great opportunity for a good NASCAR conversation pass us by. So we jumped right in and we posted a couple of questions on our Twitter account and ask everybody their thoughts on the schedule. And we got some pretty 
interesting comments and all that good stuff. So I guess I will start by reading off the results from one of the polls we did. Let's see. Hold on, you guys. I got to find the poll. (laughs) (laughs) I had it up. Drum roll, please. (laughs) (laughs) The results are in. (laughs) And we'll be right back after these messages. (laughs) This is an all turns no break commercial. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) by. The first question we posed to the community was pretty much what I already said about the double header at Pocono. And we asked them if they thought, okay, let me just read it. So today, Adam Stern mentioned the possibility of a double header at Pocono that'll see a cup race held both Saturday and Sunday. Then Carvette underscore racing, and that's his user, user Carvette underscore racing. He replied and said, Pocono should just be taken off the schedule. We asked the community if they agreed, disagreed, and to share their thoughts. 48% said yes to a double header, and 38% said take it off the schedule. 14% said whatever. What do you guys think? Yes, take it off the schedule or whatever. I say go double header, honestly. I think that would be much much better for the fan in terms of like value in which you actually can get on a Saturday and on a Sunday. You may get two races on on Saturday and that other race on Sunday. I think the um truck series should be up there for the first one and the Xfinity series as well should be for the second one. So yeah, I think you can do that. But they you said a double header in terms of cup races. Two cup yeah, races. Yeah, you still you, Yeah, you still get two regardless. You know, you're still going to have your your Saturday your normal Saturday race plus cup if they're going to do it that way, I think. So, because if they do, I think that is pretty much just what the V8 supercars do as a matter of fact. They have their support series like our Xfinity series, quote unquote. Then you have cup. Then the next day, it is just strictly cup. So, I think yeah, you can do it. Split it up in 150 mile events. Sure. Why not? I think it's very possible. I think it's a good model that the V8 supercars have. And I think they put on a great show. So maybe it could work out. I mean, it may be what they need to do because if not, I personally don't see the need of having two cup dates for Pocono. If you can just get a double header in on the first weekend, because once you look at the schedule, there are they are very close together in terms of when the first race is in June and when the other race is in the, in the later in the summer. They are way too close in in proximity to be having two cup dates. That's just my opinion. I don't know how you feel. How about you, Renee? Well, you know what? I I think you got a good point there. Well, having the double hitter, you know, it definitely gives the fans a little bit more for their weekend. I I can see your point there by saying that. If doing that, this could possibly like shorten the the race season. Because it, it technically would, wouldn't it? Yeah, That's it a whole nother question. And I'm going to save that to the end of this conversation because we threw the co- we threw the question out there and people kind of reacted the way they reacted. But as far as the answer is concerned, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for a doubleheader myself. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem with that at all. I'm for eliminating it just because <laughs> that's just how I am. It's Pocono. I don't think you should take away a race. I would be okay if they took it away, but maybe they should just change it. But I'm not really in favor of a double header. I do want to share some thoughts from the community. 
Russell H, his user is 24Russell H on Twitter, he says, Pocono is one of the most disinteresting races on the schedule. Take it away completely. Nobody in the stands can see the whole track. Who wants to race on a freaking triangle anyway? I thought that was funny. <laughs> Let's see. Who else chimed in? Strong opinions. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> this was from Dirt Reynolds. Yes, as in Burt Reynolds, but Dirt Reynolds. And his user is at Tanner Panorama. That's T-A-N-N-E-R-P-A-N-O-R-A-M-A. He says, I've seen people suggest that they should roval it. And if they were to do that in a standard, and then he put in parentheses, are less than 400 miles, I would be all, capital A-L-L, aboard that ideal. Roval it? Hmm. I don't know. They do have one. They do have one, actually. So that could be possible. Maybe. But should we really roval it? Why not? <laughs> I mean, why not try it out? I don't see why. Why not try mix something up? I mean, I know Charlotte was the first on the cup schedule to do it, but if they think it might work, I say give it a go. I thought the Roval in person was pretty damn cool. So yeah, we were at the Roval together. I couldn't miss it. I flew to Charlotte just for the Roval. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool weekend. So here was another question we proposed, and this was actually one of the most popular questions during NASCAR talk. We asked the community, hashtag NASCAR will announce its 2020 schedule this week. If you could add our takeaway races, which would you add and our drop? And boy, did we get a lot of people chiming in. I'm just going to pull these at random. Bill Steinback the third, and his user is Bill underscore Steiny three. And I think earlier I mentioned Bill's name and I didn't say Steinback. I just said Bill Stein, but it's Bill Steinback. He says only tracks with two races a year, Daytona and Dega, well, Daytona slash Dega, CMS 600 with Fall Roval, Martinsville, ISM, and Richmond. All other tracks get one race per year. Drop Kentucky and rebuild Texas. Add two road courses, any, one dirt, and then he put Knoxville, and then he says add three new short tracks, and he put in parentheses Nashville, Iowa, and build one in NYC. That is very interesting. I don't think NASCAR in New New York City will work, but hey, I could be wrong. Where are you going to put it? That's my question. Yeah, In Brooklyn, <laughs> where, where they put everything gonna... else. They actually, here's the thing. They, I went to. They do, but. Well, no. <laughs> okay, hear me out. I went to New York for the Formula E race. What was that? Year before last. And they built a street race. I mean, a street course. A street is course. Yeah. Now, you, t- you talking that, that's. That's a whole new realm we talking. NASCAR's only done that, I think, a few, a very select amount of times in the history. I think the last time was like in the 90s with the NASCAR Southwest Series, somewhere in California. I can't remember exactly where, but they ran a street race. I've heard people say they want one, but I don't know if that would work. Maybe. Okay, so I'm going to pick a couple of more at random. Graydon Bunn, his user is Smooth Operator. That's Operator with two Ace for Dale Jr. He writes, I'm a little biased, but I'll put it out there to my American NASCAR-loving counterparts because Graydon Bunn is in Canada. 
He says, would you have a problem with NASCAR? And he puts in parentheses, all three series coming and running, maybe a Northern swing, two or three races, companion events with our NASCAR Pitney series would make for epic weekends. He is not lying one bit. The NASCAR Piney series is probably one of the most one of the biggest hidden gems in NASCAR. When I tell you they put on a great show, they put on a excellent, or as you would say to really? him, most excellent show. Most Absolutely. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the time, check out one of their races on YouTube. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. That series is wonderful. I love that series. That could be interesting because I think it would satisfy old school fans as well as fans who uh, there's a disconnect we've talked about it a lot in the past i mean this is our fourth season what haven't we talked about but there's a disconnect with fans and i think maybe pairing something like that series or a k k and n race or a dirt race with the cup race would be great I mean, I don't know how you would pair a cup race with a dirt race, but you, you may, you know, somehow, some way. <laughs> Actually, somebody suggested we race at Irwindale, but I was like, I've been to that track. That's just not going to happen because the, I don't think that track needs lots of that. money. And I was like, parking, right. <laughs> where are the stands? But okay. Yeah, I, I think I saw that where somebody mentioned Irwindale and I was like, you know what? That's a nice thought, but. Yeah, not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, not at it's all. It's a great track. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool short track. I've seen races there. It's pretty cool, but it's just not ready for a cup. No, that's just throw that out wise, with the unfortunately with the dirty bathwater. Look, moving on. <laughs> okay, so Larry Lee, who always chimes in, his user is L B L E E fifty eight. He chimed in and he tweeted. Steve O'Donnell and Steve Phelps. And if you guys don't know, which I know you guys know, Steve Phelps is the president of NASCAR and Steve O'Donnell is pretty big deal at NASCAR as well. He replied to our question and he added both Steve's on the tweet and he says that they need to take one race away from Texas Motor Speedway and move it to Coda. And he also chimed in and said people in Southern Texas need a race closer to home where they don't need to stay at a hotel or drive nine hours round trip on a race day. Well, as people, me and Renee, who just recently did, I guess, technically, what was that? A seven hour round trip to Vegas. Hey, yeah. if you love NASCAR, you do what you got to do. But thoughts, Kenny <laughs> and Renee on CODA. And, and don't forget, IndyCar just raced that Coda, so. They did. They put on a good show, as a matter of fact. And Colton Herta, the youngest winner there, he, is, he was 18 years old, by the way. That is super young. But Coda, I think, would be cool to see. I'm not sure if they would do it, given the whole Texas thing. and Would they take a date away from Texas and the whole legal process? It can get real confusing, but. Maybe it would be cool because I think the cars coming up turn one up that hill would probably be pretty insane. I think it would be insane. It's just like how at the Roval, when they come into that first turn, it would be pretty insane. I'm 100% sure of that. So <laughs> maybe maybe one day we get it. I don't know. Maybe. That would be cool. Something different. Very different for one. Renee, you want to add anything or you don't really care? Uh, You're from Texas. I don't know. 
Yeah, and you're right. Me being from Texas, maybe I'm a little biased. I'd hate to see them take away a race from Texas, but I can understand why they would want to do that. If we're taking in a, into account how bad the uh, the track is there, I mean, it's not the greatest. And then I think over the years, we, we've heard the drivers complain, but I really wouldn't want them to take a race away from Texas. But uh, I, I can certainly see why they would. But uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to see that. One quick thing, Tim, about uh, Texas. It would be very, very ironic if Texas was just to happen to lose a date because to get a second date, they had to take a race away from Rockingham in 04. And that's the reason why it doesn't even exist anymore, really, which is crazy. So that would be crazy if that happened. You know happened. what? That's, that's right. I, I didn't even think about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would be, a, that'd be a, that would be some weird, 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 weird karma right there if that did happen. I do want, we have so much to talk about, especially because the, as we would say, the Twitter chat was lit this week, but we can't talk about it all. So what I'm going to do is just quickly, quickly run through a few things. And these are just the questions that were posed. So Bill, the same Bill that we just talked about, user Bill underscore Steiny3, he asked, should Bristol have just one race a year to return it to its former glory, in parentheses, and have great weather? He said, the night race gets his vote. What do you think? 21% of the voters said, yes, one race is fine. 77% said, no, two races. And 2% said, I don't know. Another question we posed, and we simply stated, saw a tweet from Real Jeff Snyder, and that's user Real Jeff Snyder. He said, honestly, add a couple of more doubleheaders and end it by Labor Day. We chimed in and added to that by asking, is it time to shorten the NASCAR Cup schedule? What are your thoughts? Of course, a lot of people had things to say, but I'm just going to read the poll. 28% said yes. 59% said no. Are you crazy? 13% said why not? And 0% as in nobody voted and said, I want to watch football. Now people did chime in and say their thoughts about that. In fact, KPAC and his user is KPAC 94054821. He chimed in and said WTF as in what the uh. (laughs) And we had other people chime in. This was actually a really good Twitter chat. I guess we just asked the right questions. And there were a lot of familiar faces as well as a lot of new faces. So it it was really great. And one last question that we asked. And yes, we asked six questions if you're counting. NASCAR announced rule changes for qualifying for the remainder of the season. Do you think NASCAR should still do group qualifying? 36% said yes. 50% of the voters said no, and 14% said not sure. That was very interesting. I don't know. I I feel like I should go on, but I don't know if we're boring you, but, you know, it's it's (laughs) our thing is NASCAR talk for fans by fans, so we're just sharing what the fans had to say. (laughs) But I don't know. Is that enough? That's fair game. That's a good last question about qualifying. I'm actually in the minority with that. I'm almost like you know we could really ask group qualifying i don't think it is that important to have it like that the point of qualifying itself is literally just to figure out who has the fastest car for sunday it's not supposed to be a crapshoot really if if i'm being honest it's really not supposed to be that way in my opinion but 
That's just me. It's interesting. I see a lot of just kind of going back to what tracks you should add or what tracks we should add or drop or NASCAR should add or drop. Some people are saying drop Kentucky and give Darlington a second date or give Darlington a second date back. One person said add Nashville, Coda, Getaway, Iowa, ORP, and Gilles Villanova. That's uh, Montreal, same place with the Canadian GP. Okay. They used to run the Xfinity Series there a few years ago. It was a good race, though. That was good racing. So I see why people said so that. So I think this guy is actually Canadian. But he says, at those tracks, take away one race from Kansas, Texas, Pocono, Michigan, Vegas, and Dover. We raced twice I'm in Michigan I'm definitely on the side. Now? Take one from Texas. <laughs> you said we where? We twice in Michigan now? We do. Yeah. They're yeah, very close. To, they're very close together. Oh, my goodness. June and First August. of all, I've been to Michigan track. That track is in Brooklyn, Michigan. It is far. and ain't nothing out there. I'm going to just say that. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what everyone says. I'm like, there's nothing out there in Michigan. No, it's nothing <laughs> out there. Here's the ironic thing is people always say, what tracks have you been to? I've been to every track that I ever wanted to go to. Just put it like that. Some of these tracks, I I love NASCAR, but it's just not worth my energy or wasting (laughs) a good night's rest in the Motel 6 in these little crazy cities. But that's a whole nother conversation. Man, they will leave the light on for you. Exactly. (laughs) So he he also adds, and and I'm sorry, this guy, his name is Nathan, and his user is Rocketman6Fan. He also asked, the higher downforce tracks have potential still, but the Gen 6 has killed anything good that can come from them. No track closes Mm. down this way, too. And I actually saw some Mm. other conversation about the Gen 7 car, but I don't want to open that can of worms. One last thing I will say, and I'm so glad you did it because I was ready. (laughs) Well, one last thing I will add is Dirt Reynolds, and that is Tanner Panorama. We read a comment from him earlier, but I do want to read another one from him. He chimes in and says, make Indy a Roval, make a Pocono race a Roval, make New Hampshire a Roval, move the Martinsville race to early June, late May, and make it a night race, remove Bristol Spring race, move up Sonoma, Remove a Kansas race, add Chicago in its place, remove Kentucky and add Mid-Ohio. I'm just going to end it on that because I love NASCAR fans because he thought about everything. <laughs> he, I mean, no, and he that wasn't was, the only person that, that went all in. Me, I'm just going to keep it real simple and just say remove all the tracks that don't deserve two races. And then here's another thing. There's been some conversation about moving the July race in Daytona. So the 4th of July race. Personally, this is going to be against popular (laughs) opinion, but maybe that's the race that should be in Vegas because, you know, I'll spend my money to go to Vegas for 4th of July, but I'm not going to no Daytona. I never go to July race in Daytona because (laughs) there's nothing in Daytona. Well, I guess you know what. I promise you, it will rain. It will rain, though. I will it always rains it in Florida. Rain. The last two, the last two rain, years, huh? the last two years I have been, it has rained at least once each day. I feel like I'm biased <laughs> because I always say there's nothing in Daytona, but maybe for somebody who lives in the backwoods of Mississippi, 
and they're going to the race the that they think Daytona's everything. <laughs> so excuse my arrogance I'm and my California you. ways, but for me, there's nothing in Daytona. But good luck and have fun for those people who go to Daytona. <laughs> okay, we have talked to death. I mean, this is going to be a long podcast. We haven't did a podcast this long in a long time. Let's wrap yeah. up this show. Just a reminder, I'm saying it now before Renee tells you, hit subscribe, leave us a message on Apple Podcasts. It helps us the more you guys leave messages and ratings and reviews. That's the word I was looking for. So you can leave us a message, but the technical word is review. It helps us. So please, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. If you're listening on Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure to hit subscribe. And without further ado, we are going to jump into some predictions. I haven't said it that way in a long time, so I thought I would just roll it off my tongue. And no, I said all that without taking a breath. Okay. That was not bad. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Predictions. Renee, who you got for Texas Motor Speedway, your home track? Yeah. Okay. As much as I would love Jimmy Johnson to win a race finally, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> but I'm hoping <laughs> I, I'm hoping that Jimmy will at least come into the top 10 and make me look good. So with that being said, for some reason, I'm feeling the number four car in Texas. I'm feeling Harvick in this one. Um, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't know what it is about Harvick right now, but, um, and he's not racing horrible. He's not racing bad. He's not like Kyle Larson or Jimmy Johnson. I mean, he is up there. He's finishing good. I think maybe Texas is where he, uh, comes and, uh, shows, uh, his true colors of, uh, what a winning race car driver he really is. And, uh, I feel Kevin Harvick is going to be in the victory lane, uh, this coming weekend in Texas. Uh, if I had to pick a alternate pick, I'm going to go with, and I don't know why I want to keep saying his name, but I, I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin again. I don't know why I feel like Denny Hamlin. I just, I don't know. He's just sticking into my mouth and I can't get him out of my mouth. It's Denny well, I Hamlin hope he's not in your mouth, pick. but okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, Tim, you've been saying all kinds of weird stuff today, so it's just sticking with everybody. <laughs> okay. So Harvick is my pick. And Denny Hamlin is my alternate pick. Renee, there you go. Those are his picks. And he's going to be honest because he says he's going to be honest and he's going to stick to him. Kenny, who you got for Texas Motor Speedway? All right. Lone Star State. I have Kyle Busch as my main pick. He's He won there last spring, as a matter of fact. And for my alternative pick, I'm actually going to go with somebody a little bit different. I'm actually also going to go with Denny Hamlin. He hasn't got a win at Texas since 2010 and that was the last time he won there and also swept that we swept that year he won in the spring and in the fall so those are my picks how about you miss tam it's so funny you always keep your picks super simple within 15 seconds me and renee <laughs> got to tell you the story the backstory the story we haven't <laughs> written yet and then we tell you who we got i'm going to stay within your theme of keeping it simple I'm actually going to roll with Chase Elliott. Ironically, he was going to be my pick to win. And then I remembered, I was like, oh, wait, I actually think I may see Chase Elliott this weekend when I go down to the track. And don't forget, we have those diecast cars. Shout out to the people who chimed in on Twitter. 
and won some diecasts that we have from Kelly Blue Book, as well as Auto Trader sent us a bunch of hero cards for Brad Kozlowski. So shout out to them. So saying that to say, I was going to pick Chase Elliott. I'm probably going to see Chase Elliott and maybe get a chance to interview him for the fifth time in Texas. But that is not why I'm picking Chase Elliott. I think maybe he was just in my mind to pick. But no, I think it's Chase Elliott's time to roll off another win. Because remember, it took him a minute and then he rolled off two last year. So I feel like he can do it again this year. And in regards to my alternative, Denny Hamlin's name was sounding good. We know Jimmy Johnson has dominated at Texas. <laughs> at least he did back in the day. <laughs> but I think I'm going to have to... I'm torn between Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick won at Texas last year, or the last race at Texas, the November race. Kyle Busch won the April race. But Kevin Harvick also won the November race in 2017 as well. So I'm going to go with Kevin no, Kevin haven't really been doing much. Like, yeah, Kevin Harvick gets his groove back and everybody enjoys the onion bloom at, what, what's that place that has the onion? <laughs> Outback. Outbacks. I don't Outback. know. <laughs> See, here's the thing. When you live in California, you're not really, f- well, at least when you live in Los Angeles. I can't speak for people who live in the country. But where is there an Outback? Renee, do you know where there's an Outback at? Uh, exactly. That's my whole point. Look, because he, he had to say, it's just like Olive Garden. We don't have Mac. We do have them, but they're not common. Macaroni grill. Right. You, and you know what? You, you, you kind of stumped me on that. And I, and, I, and I was thinking, where is there an Outback? But now that I had a chance to think about it, there's actually one in Arcadia. I said Los Angeles. You may work in Arcadia, but that ain't Los Angeles. That's, again, that's on the outskirts. It, I think Arcadia yeah. is still L.A. County, correct? I don't know. Y'all the natives. I wouldn't even know. I'm asking Renee. You don't know where you work? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, uh, that's where I work at, at one of the hospitals. I work in Arcadia, but I remember. I know. Renee, see, he wasn't even listening. Is it L.A. County, Renee? Oh, no, I don't think it's L.A. County at all. Okay, so then that's, that sums up. I, my question was, where is there out back in Los Angeles? Arcadia is not Los Angeles, and it's not L.A. Yeah, County. Well, it, is. it isn't It isn't L.A. County. Wait, I looked it up. Okay, Arcadia you're in Charlotte. Don't be out. Los <laughs> Angeles County. You know, if, yeah, maybe it is. Huh? Okay, but the I fact that know. Renee works there and doesn't know, that lets you know that it's not the real <laughs> L.A. L.A. County is huge. Like, L.A. County actually may be bigger than Charlotte. That's crazy. Uh, it probably is because in <laughs> LA County, I think that, well, Justin talked about this on the live episode from Las Vegas. I think it's like 4 million people in LA County. Yeah, y'all got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure of that. I'm sure we have. I'm pretty yeah. sure. You oh, got sure that we do. Okay, well, I don't go to Outback and I'm going to end it on that, Renee. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Those are our picks and, uh, what are your picks? Uh, let us know. We'd like to hear from you guys. And like Tam said, please look us up. Please subscribe to us. Leave us a note and uh, rate and review us. Uh, we really do appreciate that. Kenny, my brother, it's always a pleasure having you on the podcast. We always look forward to having you uh, as a guest on our podcast. And we hope you continue to be a guest on our podcast. For everybody out there, thank you for listening. And for Tam, for Kenny, myself, be kind to each other. And we'll see you again next week right here on All Turns No Breaks. Bye-bye. We out of here. Hold up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kenny's not a guest. Bye-bye.
This is an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. 